I am still so excited. Can't wait for the 105th running of the Indy 500. And one of the things that I wanted to do with this podcast is, you guys know, I, I, I trend towards the Indy 500, IndyCar. That's my passion. That's my quote-unquote bread and butter was to bring um, some guys on that I used to cheer for um, that were former IndyCar drivers, Indianapolis 500 veterans. Uh, we try to get Greg Ray on. Um, I'm sure we can get Alan or Jr. on, who everybody loved uh, in the 90s and 2000s. But on this episode, I'm so excited to bring on Robbie McGee to talk about his 1999 Indianapolis 500 Rookie of the Year Award. But as always, I have to think flooring is forever. Flooring is forever.com, 317-755-1246. Uh, Harley got to do his two-seater ride today out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I posted about that on Twitter at Tony D. Indy. I've um, got a lot to talk about. We'll have some articles on TonyDND.com as well. Um, but let's not keep him waiting. The 1999 Indianapolis 500 Rookie of the Year joining us now, Robbie McGee. Robbie, I'm looking forward to this, man. Thanks for your time. Hey, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I, I want to go back to 1999. You start 27th. It's always tough as a rookie. Um, you get that thing up to 5th. A, a difficult day, you know, somebody gets injured in the pits. As a rookie, how difficult is it not only to qualify, but when something like that happens, just to, to keep your focus and, and maintain for 500 miles? Man, well, I just got to say, if we think about it now, that's been how many years ago? That's been, you know, almost you know, 22 years ago or something like that. Um, yeah. So, so you're digging up some memories that, uh, you know, obviously go way back. Um, I just have to say the emotional roller coaster of that day was, uh, you know, something that can't really be described. But I will say, um, you know, obviously after Steve got hurt, that was awful. I had the I had the uh, first class seat to watch that one. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, I just assumed I was going to unbuckle my belts and get out. The race was going to be over. But they sent me back out. They lied to me, which was good. They told me Steve was fine. He was watching the rest of the race from uh, his hospital bed. So. So I was going to go out there and I was going to finish the race. And man, we were running in fifth, maybe fourth at one point. I can't really remember. Um, but but I just said on the radio, I said, I, this is awesome. Who's the next highest rookie? I want to be the fastest finishing rookie. And, and you know, and Dave came back on and said, you know, explicitive, uh, explicit of this, we're going to win the race. You know, so obviously we didn't win the race and uh, got fifth and was, you know, it, it was just such an a, amazing uh Amazing day. I remember I was so out of it when we finished that thing. Um, I just didn't, you know, both emotionally and, and exhausted, whatever. I remember I just drove and I parked the car on the straightaway. I didn't really know even know where I was going. Um, and, and, you know, of course, everybody ran out to me like it was no big deal. But, uh, I, you know, it was just such a, uh, uh, a uh, I think that was that race. Maybe I'm th- maybe that was Texas. Who knows? But, yeah, it was such a. Uh, such an emotional roller coaster, you know, but ended obviously, you know, w- once we figured out Steve was alive, uh, you know, quite positively and, um, you know, propelled my IndyCar career, not long, not a long one, but, uh, you know, kept me in the car for, you know, five, you know, four more races, um, you know, over the years. And, um, yeah, emotional roller coaster is all I can say. And it, it, again, it's, it's, it's cool to even think about and relive in my own mind because it's just, you know, not something I think about, uh, you know, often in today's, uh, you know, in my life today, based, you know, with all I'm doing. And, and in the late 90s, you know, with IndyCar and the Indianapolis 500, it's not like it, it, it was today where you have these huge sponsorships. A, a lot of it is your results. And if you finish, I, I think it was Jim Guthrie maybe in 97 where in an interview he said, yeah, if we don't finish top 10, you know, I just, I just took out a loan against my home. Like, did you feel that pressure as a rookie knowing that, okay, if I perform today, 
it could either propel my career or at least give me a couple more races throughout the season. Man, I hadn't even heard thought about that. We actually had a good good funding in '99. We went out myself and Dave and another partner of ours, Fred Asbell, went and proposed something. So so we actually had good sponsorship. We you know I I I've been in that situation uh, yeah. you know with Larry Cahill probably two or three years later where you know it's kind of race to race. Um, but but it, fortunately it wasn't something I had to worry about in the '99 500 because that was really our first race since Charlotte had kind of been red flagged and, and we had a good budget. So, so I was fortunate enough to not have to worry about that because um, there was plenty of other things to worry about, like not being able to see when the green flag goes, uh, you know, when the green flag comes up just because of all the exhaust and everything else, you know, see or breathe for that matter. It was crazy. There's no feeling like starting the Indy 500 in the back. Um, you know, so, so I was fortunate there, but I have lived that, uh, you know, I've, for, for two or three years, I lived that, you know, where's my next race going to be? You know, if we do well, we're going to go. If we wreck both cars, you know, w- which happened with Larry in Atlanta when Dr. Jack was in the other car. And uh, I don't I don't remember who started the accident, but there was a big nasty one. And um, I think we ended up racing after that. But a couple of races later, we were done. Um, you know, so that's tough. I mean, there's, so those guys that are doing that, uh, you know, I, I got all respect for them uh, because, because it was hard. I mean, and, and, and there weren't a ton of sponsors. I mean, it got better. I think, I think my year 99, you know, we got some big names in there and I think 2000 with Ganassi and I think it was 2000 that Ganassi came and then Penske came in 2001. So it all started to come back, but um, yeah, it's a tough way to do it. If you're doing what Jim Guthrie was doing. What was it like getting that call from McTreadway? I mean, Treadway was a team that was competing for championships, won the 500, obviously in 97, set the track record in 96. That was, and, and, and maybe the younger generation listeners, that was a huge name in IndyCar racing in those times to get that call knowing that this is going to be a car that you can compete week in and week out. It, it was awesome, man. I mean, like, I just remember, you know, so I, I, I don't remember how, what the initial contact was, but I worked, you know, I worked with Scott Cronk and Fred Treadway and, um, you know, we, we put together a deal and I went and tested with them at Disney. Now my first, I, my first test with them in Disney, unfortunately was when Sam, uh, you know, got paralyzed, um, mm-hmm. You know, which which was not a great start, but he got out of the car that I just or I got out of the car and he got in it and that happened. Um, mm. But going with Treadway, man, it was just a whole different story. I mean, you're out testing, you're you're you're. Uh, I could have a bad weekend and I'd still finish fifth, and you know, it's like I'd be pissed when I didn't get. You know, it, it was so. It's so easy to drive a good car fast. It's way easier to drive a good car fast than it is to drive a bad car slow. Mm. Um, and I, I think the entirety of racing with Treadway, I had one bad car, and it was at Colorado Springs. And I remember I followed Scott Goodyear around in that yellow Pennzoil. His car was crap too, and <laughs> it, 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 you know, and it's like these other cars are just flying past us on a rail, and I'm sliding sideways. You know, I'm loose all over the place. I was just it, having a bad car is no fun. But that was very rare with Treadway, and, and and we we had some good finishes. The car was always fast, and I loved the way that. Uh, my engineer Jeff Britton set the car up. Uh, you know, it, it was very, very compatible with my driving style. And I think our first race in Phoenix, you know, we qualified third, and of course, I was leading the race. And that was kind of, you know, I was young at that time and excited, and I, I, I didn't conserve and just kept going until my uh, until until I until I spun out by myself and crashed crashed out of the lead. That's an embarrassing thing to do, um, but, but but it happened. So you know, it happens to the best of us. So. Um, yeah, being with Treadway was amazing. Um, you know, I think a, an interesting story was, uh, you know, after Treadway, you know, it was gonna, I was gonna test with Panther and I, you know, talked with, you know, that group a ton and I got rained out two or three times. I mean, sitting in the car and never got the test and then mm-hmm. Sam got that ride. Um, so I often think, you know, what would have happened if I would have gotten, you know, if I would have had an opportunity to test, get that ride, you know, would I 
you know, what I've driven for Penske, what I've been in NASCAR. Yeah. I, I, I'm so blessed to be where I am. And, I've, and there's been a lot of cases of, uh, you know, drivers that have, have had good fortune, what it seems, and then, you know, have, have bad things have happened, uh, you know, so, so I would never change anything that happened, but uh, you know, it's, it's a, it was awesome being with Treadway. It was, there was nothing cooler than hanging around Ari Leindyke during, uh, you know, the Indianapolis 500 week and, um, our PR uh, girl Ruthie was she had her hands full with me and Ari together, um, but 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 boy, it was uh, it, it was such a treat to be in that five car. I mean, you know, I, I, if that hadn't happened, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have raced that much longer. But that car's good, man. And uh, uh, it was it was probably my it was the easiest year because the car was always good. Again, easy to drive a good car. Robbie McGee with us. He was a 1999 Indy 500 Rookie of the Year. Um, I know the story, but I feel like maybe a lot of people don't. Talk about how you got involved in racing, when you caught the bug, and then how that propelled you to an IndyCar career. You know, I caught the bug when I was, you know, four feet tall, three feet tall. I mean, so my, my mom is from uh, the Indianapolis area, um, and, and my dad was always a big supporter, but he didn't bring it into the – he didn't bring – it wasn't his blood that got me into it. My mom was uh, had a sister, and her father took took them to the dirt track races. They, they lived in Anderson, uh, Indiana, and um, – and as soon as I was, you know, old enough to talk, I, you know, we sat and watched the Indy 500. It was like the biggest holiday of our, uh, of our family. We would just, you know, we would sit down at, you know, nine in the morning and then get up from the TV when it was over, but, you know, just full day event. Um, I'm trying to do that with my kids now, by the way. Um, it's, it's hard with all the technology and Fortnite and stuff, but, <laughs> um, you know, so, so, so I just, since as young as I've been watching some things, I've, I've wanted to, be a race car driver. And I, I, I wrote actually funny. I, I can't find it, but it's somewhere, but I have the original document when I was in third grade, eight years old. I said, when I grow up, I want to be an Indianapolis racer. I want to, my favorite drivers are AJ Foyt and Johnny Rutherford. I want to drive on the ground as fast as an airplane fly. I mean, crazy on that paper with the little dash lines where you're learning to write cursive and then yeah. the, the construction paper, black IndyCar, um, which was number 15, which was close to my numbers, but not quite. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then when I was, uh, 15, I think my, my dad and I sent my mom and I together to, uh, to skip Barber racing school at IRP or no, maybe it was Sebring. We did Sebring or IRP. I can't remember, but, um, ultimately did both of them. I don't remember what was first, but, um, so I, my first couple of years of my racing, I raced with my mom who gave me the bug. And then, you know, when I wanted, you know, I guess call it turning pro, it's not really pro it's the formula Four Two Thousand series, which is a pro pro SCCA series, but it's still, you know, it, it's, it's, it's amateur to the extent that everybody pays for it basically. Um, you know, so she she kind of hung up her helmet to support me, and, and and you know she still is insane about racing. She watches every bit of every qual, every minute of every qualifying. Every um, she's watching Formula One. I go over to their house; their TiVo is just full of races. Um, so 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 it it stuck with her. Um, I still enjoy it. I'm not manic about it. I mean, I've got obviously other things in life, business, and more importantly, you know, kids that are keep me busy nonstop doing their sports and I'm trying to keep them to stick and ball. Um, and my mom is trying to guide them towards racing and it's, uh, I don't know who's going to win, but hopefully I do. <laughs> is that something that if that Avenue came up, you would allow your, your, your kids to pursue? Well, I'm not going to deny it. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, I, you know, what I, I was a small, I was pretty small in school, so I'd never, you know, I, I played baseball. I loved it, uh, but I just never, I didn't grow till I got to college. So I was just at a disadvantage and I kind of quit all those sports young. Uh, I got my kids playing, you know, hockey and baseball, you know, all on club elite teams. They're, they're, they're good. Um, and, you know, but, but I, you know, my son, my 12 year old son 
came home saying, Jamie, let me drive her Porsche. Uh, you know, so and he's driving, you know, a, a 911 turbo in first gear and second gear around the neighborhood. And and I did when I was that age. Um, you know, so I'm like, mom, we stop it. First of all, that's dangerous. She's, you know, <laughs> I, when I was 13, I drove a 911 Targa through a wood fence because I started it without putting the clutch down. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want my son to do that, but he he loves it. He's like, Dad, I can drive a manual. I said, Well, you know what? There's really not any manual transmissions anymore. Even even the cool the, the new sports cars come with the PDK or the or the uh, F1 transmissions. Um, he goes, Well, what? Yeah. He goes, Well, I, I know how to drive a stick. So he was pretty excited. Um, you know, but I I don't think I would prevent it. But um, you know, I'm certainly not not pushing it. It's a time. You know, it's a, it's it's. It, I can't imagine being a parent now. I, I just have a hard time imagining how my parents felt when I was, you know, out on the track. And certainly when I was in accidents, I think, you know, I, I, I hope I'm assuming they were terrified because I'd be terrified for, for that have to happen to my kids. Um, so I guess I'm glad they let me do it. <laughs> well, I know you'll be watching this week. Um, you know, when, when you think about the field for this year's 500, it's still the youngest front row in history, even though Scott Dixon's sitting there at 40 years old. Um, I know you know Scott, and it's a guy that um, has just been amazing at what he has done. Um, he, he, I, I feel like, and in, 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 in you knowing him and, and, and racing alongside, and, and it's so difficult. And sometimes we don't appreciate what he's been able to accomplish over the last 20 years. And you, of all people, would know how difficult that is. But when you see Scott Dixon still out there getting it done in, in his 40s at Takuma Sato, I mean, it's certainly amazing. You know, it's, 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 it's crazy because there's, there's guys like me who come in and come out and, you know, we, we get old, we get, maybe we get too old too fast and realize, you know, there's something else in life for me. I mean, I wish, and then you got, you know, Scott Dixon, you got, you know, Al Unser Jr. You got Ian Dreddy. You got these guys that just keep going Eddie Cheever. I mean, and, and um, yeah, you know, I, the, if I got in a race car, if I got in an Indy car right now, it'd probably feel like the, getting in an Indy car the first time ever, you know, it's just because it's, it's been so long and I've, I still feel like I've got good hand-eye coordination, but probably not good enough to do that. Uh, and, and to see to see Scott out there is, you know, as someone sitting on the pole of the Indy 500, and I've crossed several years with him 20 years ago. I mean, it's yeah. like, it, it 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 it's impressive. Um, you know, he's one of the, he. I, I think he's just a guy that doesn't make mistakes. He's got he's you know he, he you know when you're in good equipment, you don't make mistakes. You win races. Um, and there's a lot of people that have been in good equipment that uh, screw up. Um, you know, and, and they're not there that long, uh, but, but he's, he's the most dependable performer, you know, it, it maybe ever in racing. I mean, one, one of my favorite places to go, um, it's kind of become a tradition now that any car goes back is worldwide technology raceway there in St. Louis or just outside in Madison. I know it's in your backyard. You ever make your way out there and, uh, and check out any of the races? I, I always do. My 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 close friend, who was one of one of my best man, but he stood up in my wedding, is the owner. So um, so we go there, and um, we are, uh, you know, at, for every race, he, you know, he takes care of us. I I go sit up on the uh, on the roof and just watch. I, you know, I bring my kids out and uh, kind of show them show them what it's about. But uh, you know, very very involved, um, and it's it's great to have it. Curtis has done such a good job with. Uh, you know, with, with, with bringing folks to the track, you know, pre previous prior to him, it was owned by Dover Downs. And I think, you know, it was like, we needed to ask, you know, it's kind of NASCAR or bust, which they never got. So it went bust. Um, but, but, but Curtis has really reached into St. Louis because it is in Madison, Illinois and made it a St. Louis asset. And, um, 
you know, they've got activity over there three nights a week and it's pretty, uh, you know, pretty spectacular. So the IndyCar racing for him is just icing on the cake of the business. Yeah, we went last summer, which is, I believe, the week after the 500 and, and, and got to see two IndyCar races and an ARCA and a truck race. Um, and, and, and it's kind of, if you think about IndyCar as a whole now with only three ovals on the, on the schedule this year, you hope to have more. Uh, St. Louis is just a different uh, animal, I think, than what maybe fans are used to at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway because that's more of a handling track. Um, it's a lot of steering, but it's, it's certainly fun to go up in that top row and turns, and turns one and two and watch. 100%, 100%. So, I mean, I'm not going to go up this year. I, 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 I uh, we're talking about Indy, or Indy, right? Sorry. Oh, St. Louis, yes. Oh, oh, St. Louis, yeah. Oh, St. Oh, Louis. You know, St. Louis, as much as I love the track, it's my own track. It was always one that I struggled with the most because <laughs> turns one and two were just tough. Um, mm-hmm. I got a funny story there. My buddy was racing, um, was racing, a, a, what do you call it, Indy Lights or Infinity Pro was at yep. the time over there. And, 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 you know, he was buddies with August Bush. So they had a Budweiser car and, he said, Robbie, you know, and I just finished testing there with Sam Schmidt in that blue and yellow uh, car, which we had Atlas van lines on. Uh, and, and, I, you know, so I'm in the Indy car and I'm driving around. And, you know, a week later, they come in town. They're, you know, they're testing. And uh, he says, Robbie, I want you to get in the car and set it up for me. I'm like, oh, OK, man, um, no big deal. And I'm confident. But here I'm, I'm used to doing 180 around the, you know, around the three and four. And it was, you know, the car would stick easy. So I remember Ari Jr. was behind me. I went out in this thing and. The way he tells the story is he goes, there's dust coming off the track, you know, because we're the first cars out in a week. There's dust coming off the tires. And he goes, he goes, I thought you were insane. You were like basically going flat into uh, three and four. And, uh, and 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 I was because it was it was slow. I mean, relative to what I just got done doing, it was you know, yep. 130 or something, 140, 150 versus 190. Um, and it felt slow. Well, about the third lap I was doing it, I, you know, I crashed. I mean, because the car just wasn't going to stick. So. I knocked the nose cone off of it. Thank God that was all I did. Um, and I, I came, I felt, I, I felt just awful because I mean, the cars, you know, the, the Indy cars have tunnels under them, which was given a ton of downforce. And it just felt like I was going slow and it, there's no, there's, there's no weirder feeling than going slow and not having grip. It's like, why isn't it sticking? What the heck is happening here? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's a big difference because that is a tough track, but does it, you know, Mario Andretti always said, if, if you feel comfortable, you're not going fast enough. Is is that very difficult to go from, let's say, 180, 190 to 130? I mean, you would think you would have more control, but then yet again, maybe it's easier. It felt like it literally felt like you're on slow motion, kind of driving on air. I mean, it's just slow motion on ice is what it felt like. And, it, you know, you still hit the wall as hard, but um, or not quite as hard. But, but it, you know, the, 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 the exponential level of grip on an Indy car with tunnels on it is – it's just way, way greater. So it literally getting to that infinity car and it, it felt like I was on ice in slow motion. And unfortunately that may have just screwed me up for that track, you know, getting back in the Indy car because, you know, I was just, I, I never felt like I tell Mario Andretti wouldn't have to worry about me on that one. Cause I never felt comfortable. <laughs> so, so, um, it, you know, and I think, I think my best finish there was a 10th, which was just, you know, probably an attrition deal. But, um, and, and that was actually probably when I had probably the coolest looking car I ever had. That was when I had the St. Louis Cardinals baseball car. Yep. Um, and that was a, uh, a fun one. But as, as much as I love the track and love the love where it is and love supporting it, I always had such a challenge driving it. At Robbie IRL five on Twitter, Robbie McGee with us um, real quick before we let you go, what are you up to these days? I know um, a transition that a lot of these drivers, Dario Franchitti comes to mind um, is, 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 is after retirement, still getting that thrill uh, by flying. So what have you been up to these last uh, couple of years? 
you know what? I, I work, I deal with my kids and my, my fun hobby is I fly. So mm -hmm. I don't know if, if, uh, if Dario, if I didn't even know Dario did, but I, I, I go to recurrent training once a year. Um, mm -hmm. I fly a plane that goes, you know, 490 miles an hour or no, 490, 480 knots. So, you know, 500, 600 miles an hour. And, uh, it, it's, it's so interesting because some people say, Oh, you know, you're a daredevil. You go fast in cars and planes. It's like, it couldn't be more the opposite. Everything you're doing in an airplane is based on massive margins of safety and everything you're doing in a race car is based on, you know, basically the cut, you know, zero margin of, uh, comfort. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so doing that, um, and man, I'm just Ubering, Ubering kids around essentially and, 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 and working hard to, to, to pay for, uh, pay for the family habits, which aren't cheap. So. <laughs> this is true. RMRacing.com. Robbie McGee, the 1999 Indy 500 winner. You can still uh, grab the Nintendo 64 game from back in the day because I know that's been popular <laughs> now that, well, one, IndyCar doesn't have a game. But two, I mean, nostalgia for people in their early 30s like me. You can go race with Tim on an IndyCar game, which I think is pretty badass. You know, I found, I don't I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I found that on a uh, on a software deal where you can download it and play it on a play it on a PC for Nintendo 64 and Ooh. I went in and uh, played myself. It was pretty cool. You raced it against like Greg Ray and some yeah. of those guys. Mark Dismore, Greg Ray, Scott Sharp. I mean, was, yep. yeah. that is awesome. And you can show your kids like, look, I was on a video game. So I showed playing. them. It might be my proudest moment being on a video game because, especially for my kids, because that's all they care about is video games. So they played it for about five minutes and then went back to Fortnite. They're like, the graphics aren't the same on this. <laughs> right. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. No. So I, hey, I appreciate it. Enjoy the race this weekend when I head down to St. Louis. We'll look you up. Appreciate your time and uh, keep on doing your thing. And uh, we'll catch up again here soon. Hey, Tony, good stuff, man. Thank you for having me and uh, look me up in St. Louis when you're here. I mean, just think about how cool that is. Um, you know, you don't realize it at the time, probably when you're running the Indianapolis 500 in, in, in any car that, oh man, I'm going to be on a video game that I could show my kids one day. I'm sure it's not on the radar, but at the time, but you look back, it's pretty cool. And I know I've played many, many, uh, many a laps around Indianapolis Motor Speedway as Robbie McGee in that 55 Energizer car. Um, I tweeted out that picture that he autographed to me. Uh, so it was some awesome stories there from Robbie from, from testing at Gateway um, to the Panther racing test. Man, um, just a great conversation, a guy that I certainly cheered for. Um, when I was big in Indy cars, I still am, but we you know as a kid where I grew up outside of Chicago, we got to go to Chicagoland, Milwaukee, Michigan, down to St. Louis, Indy, Kentucky. Um, I didn't want to bring up what my White Sox did to um, his Cardinals last night because you know there's this thing called karma. So, uh, but what a great conversation! Can't thank him enough. And uh, let's all go to Gateway this summer and we'll go say hi to Robbie and uh, we'll throw back some Bud Lights. All right. Um, Wanted to talk about a couple other things. Kevin Lee will be on the podcast tomorrow. We'll discuss uh, his picks for the Indy 500, kind of how it goes down um, in the pits. I want to ask him, you know, do you know if you'll be in victory circle or not, if one of your drivers that you're covering ends up winning the 500. So uh, be on the lookout for that. If you're looking to refinance your home, right now is the best time to do it. And Kyle Gilbert here locally for Caliber Home Loans is the guy you want on your side. Again, he's cheering for Steph Wilson coming up this weekend. But with the Fed's latest announcement, these could be the lowest rates we see for 12-plus months. Lower your monthly payment or take cash out for a project called Kyle at Caliber Home Loans, 317-680-6306. And, and what I didn't bring up to Robbie, which, which I should have, 
was, you know, you talk about sponsorship, and obviously he was pretty good, pretty well funded with that Energizer car. Um, but damn, I love that Burger King car that had the red and yellow, and then they slapped Burger King on it there towards uh, towards the end of things. I think right probably at Carb Day. I want to say that was 03. I could be wrong on that, but I think it was 2003. So just a great conversation there. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And, uh, you know, we had Derek Daly on last summer. Um, Tice Carlson, who was with Channel 8 at the time, who told us a, a lot of what Robbie just told us as well as far as, you know, driving in Indianapolis 500 and starting towards the back is not an easy task. And that's why I think I'm going to kind of stay away from a guy like Will Power who's starting in the back this month, but but we'll preview the 500 more tomorrow with Kevin Lee. I think Jay Query is going to join me as well, um, and we're just going to have a lot of fun this week, and I appreciate your interaction. As always, for anything you need to ship, head to the UPS store on Oleo Road in Fishers. Tell Doug and the gang there I sent you the UPS store for all of your shipping, handling, and office supplies needs up off Oleo Road. They have you covered the UPS store. Check them out, the UPS store on Oleo Road. Uh, can't wait to dive into some of the odds of this race, who to bet on, um, and just I'm so excited. I'm just I'm giddy. I didn't go last year. It's you know it's my biggest passion in life is the Indy 500, and it, it is what it is. And I know a lot of you share that um, same sentiment with me. So let's have some fun. We're gonna uh, have Buddy Rice and Sage Caramon as well. So we'll be busy, loaded up, ready to go on toningdnd.com on the podcast page. Thanks for listening.